Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, April 6th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Should we talk about Donald Trump? Absolutely. Why wouldn't we? Well, since his indictment last week, a new Rasmussen poll came out, and it shows that Donald Trump has now taken a strong lead over Joe Biden in the race for president. Okay, so back in February, the poll had Biden leading Trump at 45 over 42. But now there's been a 10-point net gain, and Donald Trump is now sitting at 45 to Biden's 42. So he's come a long way uh, in a short time. You know, basically what is happening here is that people are looking at what's happening and maybe they're actually saying, holy smokes, this could happen to me. Mm -hmm. I could be next. Or it could be just a moment in time in which people are like, yeah, that's bullcrap. I'll vote for that guy. I mean, let's face it. The voting populace has now been reduced to Hi, good night, everyone, as a U.S. senator. So maybe we're making an egregious mistake trying to read too much into how and why things happen. What's going on with this? Well, Be- I because how, Because, uh, Casey, how could anyone have watched the Pennsylvania debate in which the guy literally came on stage and said, hi, good night, everybody, <laughs> and struggled to form coherent sentences, and the guy became a U.S. senator? So... Trying to figure it all out now may indeed actually be a fool's errand. I, You know what? I haven't even looked up John Fetterman in a while. Where is he? I think he's still alive. Isn't he still getting, tre- is he still getting treated for depression? Last I heard was that, uh, okay, to return to the Senate with hearing aids and improved speech after depression. So, so they keep saying he's going to return. Has he returned? So the point of all this, as we look at whether John Fetterman has returned or not, is that the public now, I think, is so generally unengaged and unaware of what's happening and so generally partisan-driven. There are a few people left who can be swayed either way. But in general, there's no real rhyme or reason to any of it. And maybe on a whim in this in this week, in this moment, in this hour, people are going, yeah, that's really terrible what's happening to Trump. I'll support him. The problem with Trump is he will find a way to alienate the people who he is finding a way to win over. Okay, so the big question is, will it last? He's getting a bump in the polls. He's getting a bump in his campaign contribution up to 10 million, you said yesterday. So will it last or when is fatigue going to set in? It's not going to last till December. That's the problem, right? Trump, everything with Trump is so exhausting that you do run an immense risk in a relatively short period of time of plowing through the goodwill. Playing the victim is an art. We all have that one friend, Casey, who is a continual perpetual, or family member, who is a continual perpetual victim in their existence. And some people are better at it than others. Some people can actually get mileage out of victimhood. Some people, you just go, oh gosh, you again. And it will be very interesting to see how Trump um, utilizes the goodwill he is building up here. Is he capable of being a strong victim in which people repeatedly go, oh my gosh, I feel so sorry for that guy. I don't think Trump is that sort of sympathetic 
figure yeah. that you will continually be able to, because he's not going to let it go. It's not like Trump's going to disappear and you're going to go, wow, that guy got a really raw deal. He's going to be out in front of everybody 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I just think people are going to, once again, get tired of Trump. And they're going to be quickly reminded why they were not in the Trump camp or left the Trump camp or were looking for other people to begin with. Okay, so Ron DeSantis has been relatively quiet over the past week. And after Trump spoke, I found myself, okay, it's Trump, let's go. Got out my coffee mug that said, you know, it's a good morning when I wake up when Donald Trump is president. I was like, this is it. You know, look what they're doing to him. But I also know that I have been driving that DeSantis train and my feelings for Trump aren't going to last because it's a moment in time. And I know I will have fatigue if this keeps happening. Yeah, he's almost he's almost done. This has almost happened to him too early. Right. Good point. It's almost happened to him too early in the sense of, yes, he's going to get all this goodwill, but he is Trump. And you know he's going to do something that's going to alienate large blocks of people. And so that will be the challenge for Donald Trump is to play the victim well. And he just it's it's hard to feel bad. And you should feel bad for him on this. Let me, let me be very clear with that. You should absolutely feel bad for Trump on this because he's totally getting screwed. And this is totally a weaponization of the rule of law and of justice. And so you should absolutely say this guy is really, really getting a terrible break here. However, it is hard to feel bad for a guy who's worth billions of dollars and wears the (laughs) finest suits and eats the nicest steaks and stays in the fanciest of hotels. It's really hard to feel bad for that guy consistently. It's not sustainable. And at one point, he's going to have to get back to what is good for Americans. And it's going to be hard for him to get off of this message as you call it, being the victim and being attacked by the left over and over again when it just keeps happening. And I heard a really good hot take about what may be going on with Alvin Bragg and his very thin case against Trump. Maybe that was intentional because he knows Georgia has a stronger case and he doesn't want Trump. You can't have double jeopardy. He can't be tried for the same thing, and they're going to let Georgia take care of it. Well, you, you, you can't, that's interesting. It's, it would be a state crime, though, and the state, the reason, the re, the reason Georgia's looking into something completely different than what New York is looking into. Yeah, but maybe Georgia has a stronger case, so. Well, but you can be charged for two separate things. No, 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 I, I, and you're beautiful and wonderful and amazing, and I'm glad we do a show together every day, but I cannot disagree with you more. <laughs> I think all of these people are just maniacs who want to want to get and ruin the life of Donald Trump. I don't think there's any sort of coordination here. I think you just have rogue, lunatic left prosecutors who are finding various reasons to try Donald Trump. In the case of Georgia, the call was made to the Georgia Secretary of State. The alleged whatever you want to call it, election meddling or interference or whatever was made to the Georgia Secretary of State. In the case of Donald Trump and Stormy Daniels, he was a resident of the state of New York when he allegedly paid Stormy Daniels the money or Michael Cohen paid her the money or whoever. Now, somebody who does know about going to jail over corruption Mm. is Rod Blagojevich, Mm -hmm. former governor of New York, allegedly might have tried to- Illinois. I'm sorry, yes, what did I say? Of New York, yes, uh, of Illinois. May have may have allegedly he was convicted basically of it. I don't know what the exact charge was, but selling a Senate seat when Obama became the president and his Senate seat opened up and he went to jail and he was on uh, Newsmax last night and he was talking about how hard it's going to be for Trump to get a fair trial. 
And I fear for President Trump because you've got those politicized prosecutors there, that guy Bragg, an uncontrolled weaponized prosecutor who's a disgrace. But you also have a Democratic judge. And can, can that judge actually be fair? The law is obvious. The president broke no laws. But will that judge be fair? I thought I'd get a fair trial. I learned a lot of hard lessons about how rigged that system could be. So when the gentleman who's on our show with us talking about his fears in Wisconsin and a politicized judge, these are very real problems, and I'm right. so fearful for our country right. because uh, if we can't trust in the judicial system, we're going to lose our freedoms. All right, so two things before we go to a break we got to address. Number one, our awesome friend, Officer Brad, mm-hmm. he's the federal man, the federal law enforcement man, yeah. brought us Some donuts, donuts nice. which is totally awesome, and then he just skadoodled on out of here. He, did, he waved and said, see ya. The dog wasn't here or anything. <laughs> nope. We love Officer Brad. Thank you for that. And two, we have a crisis issue here, Casey, at least for me. Masters.com is down. <laughs> I don't know if the system has been overloaded or what. I cannot imagine our work would have blocked Masters.com. <laughs> it's one on the on the list. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna check it real quick on my cellular telephone to see if right. indeed uh let's see here. M A S T I know who you said you were gonna uh you have money on in the Masters. Well, I did a little I'm John John Rom. You are John Rom. Well, way yeah. to go ahead and pick a favorite. That's very bold of you, Casey. <laughs> uh I like to It win. is just our work. What is going on here? <laughs> Maybe it's your typing. Okay. I uh, can type out Masters. What the hell is going on here? We're gonna talk about Eric Holcomb coming up. Yeah, he dithered. He dithered, but then he signed, and we'll get into it coming up from ninety three WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Every day it's getting closer, going faster. 18 minutes after 9, it is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. And what is everybody talking about this morning? Oh, again with this guy. It's still in Mulvaney again. This time he has been named as the new Nike women's ambassador. No way. You're lying. No, I'm not. Okay, so Kevin. You're getting punked here. No, go ahead and play the music, Kevin. There's there's no words. This is the music that was in the background uh-huh. of him working out. So this is a biological male who's been named as Nike women's ambassador. He's being paid by Nike women to promote leggings and sports bras. Another day, another company slapping all women in the face by mocking them and paying a man to take their place. I, I, don't, I don't I'm not trying to be facetious when mm-hmm. I ask this. I'm not trying to be a smart ass or anything. He has breasts? Well, I'll show I, I don't know. I don't have carnal knowledge. There's the picture. That's not Dylan Mulvaney, is it? Yes, it is. Okay, so he's wearing black leggings. With a Nike swoosh on them and a white crop top sports bra-ish cami shirt. In the video, he's working out, smiling. He's also got a ponytail with a scr- oh my gosh, a scrunchie holding it. This is uh, we are we have officially entered the psycho world, Casey. Everybody has lost their damn mind. <laughs> I thought you'd, I was very concerned here, Casey, because you, you handled it. was making it up? Well, I just thought you'd been pranked or punked or maybe <laughs> Twitter was doing a joke. You know, maybe it was a Babylon B thing. Yeah. No, no. this, like Fox News, I mean, this is, uh, we have lost our mind. Yes, he is Nike's women's ambassador. <laughs> 
wearing leggings and a crop top, a sports bra. I, uh, so he's in this video. He's he's kind of working out, jumping around and home from day 365 and ready to take on the world at Nike, at Nike Women, at Team Nike, at Feel Your All, this at, is, at Leggings. This is a troll. This guy is the new, it's like a modern, sick, twisted Andy Kaufman where he is laughing all the way to the bank and these mega corporations mm-hmm. are just eating it up. Like they're just going along with it. And, and the ban on Budweiser just continues. Just more people saying they're done with, with Bud Light because of his sponsorship. And I really wonder, are people going to take this stance against Nike? I, I, I am... I just want to make sure very quickly I was not wearing anything Nike before I ripped them. Exactly. I'm not. So many athletes are sponsored by Nike. I'm proud to say I'm not. So many people. So will will Nike get the same treatment that Bud Light is getting? Somebody made a good point in the YouTube chat. You can watch us on the YouTube. Uh, By the way, remember yesterday the guy had called and said, "Remember the Bud Light girls?" Where it was the it was totally a spoof. It was meant to be hilarious because it's ridiculous of men dressing up like women is ridiculous. Whether it's the birdcage or whatever, Mm you know, Tootsie or Mrs. Doubtfire, it was always meant to be ha 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 because this is ridiculous behavior. But remember the Bud Light girls, where they would these men who are clearly men would dress up like women to go to these various things to get discounted Bud Lights on ladies' it's night. Like bosom buddies. Well, now it's real. The 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 same thing is going on. Remember Seinfeld? Somebody pointed us on the YouTube chat did a hilarious episode about the man's ear mm-hmm. because the idea of a man wearing a bra the was bro. something everyone should yes, yes yeah. should laugh at. And now these companies, we have we have all lost our mind, Casey. We have all absolutely lost our mind. I, I have not lost mine. I'm I'm still with it. I, I just I can't believe it. I, I really want to know are people going to treat Nike the same way they've been treating Bud Light? Speaking Will be, they turn their backs on Nike? Before we get to the rest of our trending stories, can we talk about what's going on in this studio? Why uh, why our work has blocked Apparently, <laughs> the masters because they want you to pay attention. Well, to the show. is this because for years and years and years I have completely tanked and half-assed this show on the Thursday and Friday of the Masters? I have tried to be upfront and honest about it, Casey. You know the rule. When you first started working here, mm-hmm. I know you told me. I was very upfront with you. I said I will, and have I not followed through on what I told you? Which is, <laughs> I will work basically every single day. The only days I take off are forced days, or in this case, coming up with the birth of my child. But I will be here. I will work twenty-four hours a day. I'll work seven days a week. I, I will I will never, ever quit. I will do whatever I can to make us number one, which we are in the money demo. But there are four weeks out of the year in which the Thursday and Friday, you should not count on me for anything. And work has apparently heard that. I can't get it either. Ah, thank you. I thought it maybe it was just, it was your computer. They blocked it on yours. Nope. It's, it's, I can't pull it up on mine. Hey, but it is working because I went on my cellular telephone and it is working just fine. <laughs> and I have to know what Adrian Moronk, who's 350 to one, is doing. Can you get it on the TV? Well, I'm gonna, I don't know <laughs> if it's. They block those. It's, this is just unbelievable what they are doing to me. Total I am, meltdown from I, Rob Kendall. I am. <laughs> what are the 
the words I'm supposed to use to get my way in society now. I'm being what? Uh, uh, please? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm saying I've got a, I've got a victimhood myself. So oh, okay. Uh, I'm being. Uh, you're, you're a victim of technology. Uh, no, I'm a, the, what am I being oppressed or what's mm-hmm. happening to me? There's yeah. something that's I'm a, something ist here. Okay, let me get to the last trending story. And it is the Super Mario Brothers movie. The first reviews have come out. Let's take a listen before the reviews. Luigi, what are you doing? Like you said, I talked to Mario. Luigi, it's your baby. Stop. Stop. Okay. Just stop. Okay, so uh, the reviews are saying, packed with nostalgia and Easter eggs, but mostly aimed at kids. Critics say the movie has lots of fun details for observant fans of the franchise, but the thinly plotted story may leave some viewers wanting more. Can you just read the last line of that? That's my favorite part. <laughs> uh, the thinly plotted story may leave some viewers wanting more. It's a Nintendo game about an Italian painter and his weirdo brother. <laughs> that, that scene did not seem like it was appropriate for children. No, you don't think so? What, you know what, 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 what sort of plot did they think they were going to get on the Super <laughs> Mario Brothers movie? Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. The guy's hopping up and down, knocking coins into the air and eating mushrooms. I loved the Wii <laughs> Mario Brothers driving game. I, I want to play that again. What? I just want to go back to the fact that they're talking about the, thi- what was it, thinly? Thin, the thin plot story. Yes. <laughs> the little guy has to go through seven levels to get to a castle to save a princess and go after a flamethrowing dinosaur or whatever he is named Bowser. Mm-hmm. And they're concerned about the thin. Yeah. <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> the movie. It is 925. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. We probably don't have time, or do we, to well, get into what Eric Holcomb l- said let's just yesterday, touch, what he did? He So he signed the, uh, he was either a victim of a hostage crisis, or I don't know what, because at the very last minute, he, he, stopped, signed, he stopped dithering is yeah, what he stopped doing. He signed the trans, the bill that said, if you're under the age of 18, you mm-hmm. cannot transition to another sex in the state of Indiana, which mm-hmm. totally makes sense. The fact that it took this guy seven days is simply unbelievable. But yes, he did sign the bill. So when we come back, Jim Merritt is going to join us. Of course, he spent 30 years in the Senate. Uh, we used to be very close with Holcomb. Then that relationship was ruined because he chose to be friends with me. So he knows Holcomb well. We'll try to make some sense of, of all of this. We'll talk about property taxes. We'll get into a lot more when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Everybody wants to be the man at the top. Everybody wants to be the man at the top now. Name your guns. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And oh, look who it is. I know that guy. Spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate. I ruined most of his friendships to the point where he just had to leave. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Yes, I ruined everything for you. Uh, Our good friend, Jim Merritt. How are you? I'm well. Uh, you got your master's tie on today. I do. See there, happy the master's green. weekend. Yeah, the green. Happy Easter. Gold mm-hmm. or orange or whatever that is. You're looking. You always look like a million damn dollars. Well, you got to look it. You are always the. I always just say you are the. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Exactly. You are, you are the tannest and most best dressed man always in the uh, Indiana State oh, House. Robert. Uh, let's talk about this big bill. It would. Uh, it will. It is. Does. It did. Uh, 
the bans transitioning for people under the age of 18. Governor came out and said he would not dither. He waited right until the last minute. If that's not dithering, I don't know what it is. But he did dither or otherwise sign the bill. Are you surprised? I am surprised. Uh, last week, I predicted that he would veto. Uh, primarily because he vetoed the bill last year. It's mm-hmm. so weird, isn't it? Yeah. So, so he, For the, the, you're talking about the sports bill. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, he, vo- he, he vetoed that, and it was overridden. And uh, and now he's signed this. And so this inconsistency, I guess, is consistent. Is that normal for a guy to wait <laughs> till the very last m- minute, second, yeah. whatever? Robert, as we said on our podcast, it. It, the governors in the past has have worked with the legislature. They always have a staffer in in committee hearings to talk and and then talk with the chairman after it about what the governor wants. And so it's it's kind of odd that that the that the uh, Holcomb administration really has hands off with committees. Uh, during the legislative session, is that and, normal? I mean, you were you ran the utility committee for years, right? And you, I could always count on a on a on Daniel Staffer, Penn Staffer, and before that, O'Bannon, Kernan, and 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 the by staffers to kind of help with you know massage and and work on on. Um, public policy in committees to make sure that when it did come to their desk, they could sign it. And if they didn't, we knew you don't before. Want, you don't want them going in. You don't want to send a bill no to the governor and, and go, yeah, I don't like that. You want to it's like the uh, the it's like is it Jerry Maguire help me help you mm-hmm. yes and you're saying to them whether it's a, a Democrat or Republican or whatever mm-hmm. hey we have these views we have these things this is what we want to accomplish how do we help you get to to yes and with Holcomb they'll never tell you well it's very historic I mean for the last four or five years this governor has knocked heads with the legislature and I, I, I Casey I don't understand that because it's 150. Boots, sets of boots on the ground. It's your it's your bullhorn into communities, Republican and Democrat, and they they know exactly what's going on in their communities, in their neighborhoods, on their block. And uh, you would think a governor would work with the legislature for good public policy, and there wouldn't be any surprises. He did uh, he did sign sixteen bills and uh, early, uh, so the legislature. Um, you know, sprint, the, and they haven't wasted st- their time this year. Sprinted on that state sandwich. He was, yeah. he was on that. Okay, so in regards to Senate Bill 480, which he signed yesterday or two days before, he was mm-hmm. saying it's clear as mud. He's got to talk with a lot of people. He's got a lot of questions. He needs to make sure that he understands it. Mm-hmm. So what do you think it was that made him understand it so that it was transparent? I have no idea. <laughs> Okay. I, I don't know if you expect me to be the expert here, but I don't have yes, any idea. Yes, Jim, they, we actually do. I mean, they had, they had, uh, we had uh, men, men and women of the cloth in, in the state house that were doing kind of a silent protest and asking the governor to veto it. and and But the legislature, this overwhelmingly passed. So I have I really don't understand why the, the clouds cleared and the sun sh- uh, shi- shone, shone, shined, shined, shined. Sun and, shined. And sh- <laughs> Sunshine. Yeah. The sun came out. Yeah. There you go. And, and he signed the bill. Mm-hmm. And so, but what is the difference from last year? 
uh, maybe what changed? What changed? Yeah. And and so it, it's it, it's remarkably consistent his inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Merritt, our guest, former Indiana State Senator, now just spends his days still the sharpest dressed man roaming around the uh, various uh, parts of the greater downtown area. Concerned about public policy, well, Robert. That's what you are. Mm-hmm. And speaking of being concerned, a lot of people are concerned about their property taxes. And we were talking about this on State House Happenings. It appears the Republicans are just going to say sort of this thompson bill which is like the least amount of effort possible to give you the least amount of help possible uh good luck we'll see you next year yeah. make sure to send those checks out before the main well deadline. you gotta include the governor in there too robert yeah. no one no one has put the alarm on casey uh, there's no crisis going on until they get wait, home wait, wait, wait. back up you said no one has put the alarm on mm-hmm. i've been sitting in this chair for the past year with the alarm blaring we don't count though anyway you're talking about people who have the ability to do something about to it. act yeah and to and uh you know there may be a, a two-year committee to look at the whole taxation uh situation state government good on them uh, senator holman has done a good job with that but but when those bills come and and the legislators get back into their districts on a consistent basis and they're going to the gym, they're going to the grocery, they're going to church and people are stopping and said, you know, I, I, what do I do here? And, and, and the legislature will have to say, will you appeal it? And and but that's the only thing they're going to be able Good to luck. say, and 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 uh, the leaders of the, the general assembly have said they don't think they can get anything done. But Robert, we and Casey, we have been talking about this for a year, mm-hmm. with that they could have gone into special session last summer and talked about the life bill and talked about a little tax cut. But they also could have talked about this, put a ironclad committee of of the titans of the legislature together last fall, had a program, had a project, had some vision of exactly what they're going to do impacted the May 10th uh, billing, which they can't now. And um, and and, uh, and the crisis would have been probably missed. They, they, we probably could have put a Band-Aid on it, but they didn't do it. Should, should we be concerned that none of the three declared candidates for governor are talking about this either? We, we should be concerned that the three governor candidates have no vision. Yeah. We have no idea what the state of uh, uh, of Indiana is going to be like in 2025, 26, 27. Uh, there, there is nothing out there from these three candidates that uh, that that uh, has convinced me that they understand what the people of Indiana want. And one of the candidates went out with a survey. What do you think the future of Indiana should be? <laughs> You know, to me that that if you're running for governor, shouldn't you have a vision? Yes, from day one. Yeah. Not wait for session of the legislature to get over. Not to say, you know, um, that this is happening to the federal government. It doesn't happen in Indiana. I, they're just really all three candidates. I really don't know what they think. Isn't that why you run? Because you have a vision, and, and you feel like you're a good leader to a- make it absolutely. execute it right. Yeah, and you can put it into a day tight. Con- uh, compartment saying i want good education i want indiana to be safe i I want this and that but we really haven't heard that Uh, to her credit lieutenant governor uh, crouch has said mental health which is really the issue of our day is going to be a big part of what how she's going to govern as as governor but other than that i have not heard a word other than that from her or the other candidates of what they think going forward is the right public policy of the state of Indiana. If you're the Doden guy, because nobody knows who you are anyway, mm-hmm. and he does have enough money to at least run ads statewide, he's raised a lot of money. Nobody knows who you are. Why wouldn't you come out with, you're getting screwed, 
and you know you point at Crouch and you say she's a part of the problem, and you point at Braun and you say when he was in the legislature, all he did is raise your taxes. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fix it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna fix the property tax. When you think of me, you think your property taxes are gonna be fixed. What an opportunity! Nothing from any of these people. It amazes me. Right. And you have historical figures like John Anderson way back when. You got Ross Perot. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have these uh, individuals, these historical figures who came to the fore. Jimmy Carter who wasn't the greatest president, but he came forward and, and said exactly what he what he thought and connected. And none of the three candidates, including Eric Doden, have connected with the public, uh, public and it's within a year of the primary. Uh, Jim Merritt, our guest, uh, are you going to the Hamilton County GOP fall dinner next week? I'm not. How are you not there? You're one of the most I, beloved Hamilton County I, I, political I, I, figures I, in history. I, I haven't. Uh, it's not on my schedule, and um, uh, I'm not going. I'm going to be there. Did are you, know you going to be there? I'm going to sit at Daniel Elliott's table. And you, and you didn't ask me to be your well, guest? Da- well, Daniel Elliott invited me. He's a state <laughs> treasurer. Yes, and Daniel's a wonderful man. And, I worked for his campaign. And my new goal is to ruin all of Daniel's friendships the way I ruined all of yours in this well, a, uh, Daniel, if you're listening, it's a good likelihood <laughs> that your political career is over. <laughs> it, it will happen. Hey, I wanted to ask you while you're here. Uh, yeah, two days ago, the governor tweeted out that picture of him on the phone conference with Vladimir Zelensky. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about that? What do you think of the optics of that? I, I, I think I think it's wonderful the governor is uh, reaching out globally, but I also wish that he understood what happened with the train wreck in Ohio before he made uh, public notice that he heard from a third party that waste was coming this way in Indiana. And waste is on our highways and our railroads all the time. And uh, I'd much rather him worry about uh, things here than than globally. But good on him that he was able to meet uh, yeah, yeah, over the but, phone. But it's like if you're, a, if you're a guy who's now sitting in jail for attempting to kill cops, Malik Muhammad, a guy who threatened to seize the governor's mansion on live TV, Malik Muhammad, hey, you get the VIP meet and greet. Hey, if you're a a money launderer in a foreign corrupt country, Zelensky, hey, you get the VIP meet and greet from this governor. If you're someone who wants your business open, if you're somebody who wants to go to work, not only do you not get anything, you get called a human Petri dish. Now, people are just sick of this dude. Well, the, the chief executive officer of the state of Indiana needs to know what's going on Main Street. They need to know what's happening in the dress shop in, in Salem, Indiana. He needs to know what's happening in a in a church up in, up in Elkhart, Indiana. The individual who is the governor of the state of Indiana really needs to understand and listen to those that are are, uh, on our streets in in small town Indiana. There are 300 communities in the state of Indiana. Indiana is made up of small towns. That's what you need to understand. Hey, hey, 30 seconds. Jim is doing something that none of our legislators will do, which is amazing because Jim's not a legislator. You mean anymore. come in and talk to us? Well, okay. <laughs> right Tell us about this paper you're working on. I think this is interesting. I, I'm working on a document that uh, a really analysis of what we did in Indiana uh, regarding the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, and what we did right, what we did wrong, what great things came out of the pandemic. One thing is telehealth. We've improved our telehealth because we needed to. Uh, but uh, the communication, you know, the whole administration was running blind and, and trying to figure out public policy on the run. Uh, and, but what did we do right and what did we do wrong? And, you know, communication, they, they had a website called 
let's stick together. I think that's great, but there needs to be a blueprint going forward on on the crises uh, of what happened and how we handle that. Uh, no one's going to uh, no one's going to be happy when somebody says you can't go to church, you can't go to the gym, you can't go to the grocery, and you're non essential. And, and what does non-essential mean? Everyone's essential. And so I'm working on a paper to kind of uh, put a spotlight on the good things and mm-hmm. the not-so-good things about what we did and what we should good to be going be doing going forward. Yeah. Evaluation. Evaluation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Find him on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt. Yes. In Merritt in the Morning podcast. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Nine forty-seven. it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We have good news, yeah. thankfully. Yeah, it's a close one. Masters.com is now popping up on the computers here at work. Are you okay? Somebody screwed up in (laughs) IT and is allowing that to go forward. And I would like to point out, Casey. Yeah. And it will not last. Right. But through three holes, my guy, who Hammer totally scoffed at, Mm -hmm. almost last in terms of odds, Adrian Moronk, 350 to one, (laughs) is tied for the lead at the Masters. What'd you put? 50 cents on that? Uh, I put 25 cents because at 350 to one, it still pays out like 85 bucks. You'd be rolling in the money. I I got two. So here's what I did. And you know, this is my favorite week collectively of the whole year. Yeah. The pageantry, the par three contest, the dinner, the tournament itself. This year, I took only people who are 130 to one or greater and bet on them. So I picked five people, <laughs> collectively have $2 in, and I figure one of these losers mm-hmm. has to at least get me to the weekend. One of them has to play decent. So you are totally rooting for the underdog. Absolutely. Uh, Desham Wow, mm-hmm. Kurt Kitayama, Chris Kirk, <laughs> Brian Harmon, and Adrian Moronk. How about that for some household names, Casey? <laughs> Never heard of any of them. Okay, and what about John Rahm? He's he's uh, he's one of the good ones. Well, I'm out on Rahm because the but last. I'm in on Rahm. Well, I know, uh, but the, the last... house has money on Rahm. He has cost me money the last two years at the Masters. Every year you hear, oh, this course it's a perfect for Rahm. He'll do great, and he never does great. So I'm out. I'm out. And this will probably be the year he'll win then. <laughs> okay. Well, I know somebody in my house has money on him, so that's who I'm rooting for. Uh, now, what about if Tiger were to win? Let's talk. Hypothetically, that would be his sixth Masters. Yes. And he would tie Nicholas. Yes, for the most Masters. Most Masters. Yes. Not Majors. Masters. He would still be uh, two. Yeah, he's got 15. He would be two behind Jack in terms of total majors. Mm-hmm. Now, there is as much chance that Tiger Woods wins the Masters this year as you or I winning the Masters. That ship has sailed. It's still nice to see him hit the ball. It's still nice to see him. He can probably go out and make the cut, but... You don't, you don't think it's in the cards if for him? Tiger Woods won the Masters this week, it would be the greatest accomplishment in the history of sports ever, period, anything ever. Okay. Well, good luck to no him. No chance. He said he doesn't know when he's done. He may just keep going until he well, just can't anymore. Th- huh? There's an ability to go out and play and be competitive, and then there's an ability to go out and win. There are too many players now that are too good, these young guys, and it, that, that, especially with the leg injury, that ship has sailed. He's 47 years old. That is not 
just not going to happen. But you can enjoy watching him play. He can still go out and be competitive. He can still make the cut. It's great to see him. Golf is better when he's there. He has no chance to win. Wouldn't it be totally amazing if he did and you would have to eat your words on this? Casey, <laughs> I think when I make definitive statements, they usually come true, right? Know, because you, you love being right. You know there's nothing more that I would hate than being wrong. So if I am making a definitive statement, then you can go ahead and take that to the bank that Tiger Woods has no chance to win this week. Okay. Let's talk about Thomas Massey. Yeah. He, he is the rep from Kentucky, and he came out yesterday and endorsed Ron DeSantis. This was in a press release, part of the Never Back Down pack. He said, America needs a leader who is decisive, respects the Constitution, understands policy, puts family first, and leads by inspiring. So, Thomas Massey, as you know, he is my, I always get asked all the time, well, then who do you like? Right. You like and dislike the guys from Kentucky. Yes. I. Uh, Thomas Massey is my favorite member of Congress. He's a, a U.S. rep from Kentucky. Ra- Rand Paul is my favorite member of the Senate. He is a U.S. senator from Kentucky. And then we have Mitch McConnell. Right. Isn't that wild yeah. that the same state who gives us Thomas Massey and Rand Paul could also give us Mitch McConnell? Mitch McConnell. It's so weird. Kentucky Get it figured out. But Thomas Massey is overwhelmingly, without a doubt, not even close, the greatest champion of liberty and freedom in the entire U.S. Congress. He is willing to take hard votes. He was the loudest, most vocal member of the Congress during the COVID stuff. He takes hard votes all the time. He uh, will do things like, I mean, he even voted against the funding the Iron Dome in Israel, which was very unpopular thing to do in the Republican Party. But he said, look. We're wait. We are thirty-one and a half trillion dollars in debt. Our fiscal house is not in order. If we can't even take care of ourselves, we shouldn't be spending money on other people. Absolutely, one hundred percent, spot on. And you have now seen Chip Roy and Thomas Massey, who are probably the two greatest champions of liberty and freedom in the U.S. Congress, quickly line up behind Ron DeSantis, which makes sense if liberty and freedom. And allowing people to live their lives as they see fit, as long as they don't harm other people. If that is your top thing, your number one thing, why wouldn't you be with Ron DeSantis? Okay, he said, I've been honored to call Ron DeSantis a friend for over a decade. During the six years we served together in Congress, I witnessed Ron fight for economic freedom, personal liberty, fiscal responsibility, and constitutionally limited government. So does this do anything to Donald Trump? No, to have no, these no, no, two no, no, guys no, 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 no. endorse Ron DeSantis. No, 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 no. Who is not officially running for president? No, 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 no. It does absolutely like. I mean, maybe there's some people in Kentucky who go, "Oh my gosh, Thomas Massey." Blah blah blah. Most people don't know who Thomas Massey is. I mean, he gets headlines from time to time. He's the guy who wears the uh, the real time national debt clock as a, a lapel his, pin. As a lapel pin. Uh, he, He's not uh, He's not the speaker. He's not a high-ranking member of Congress. I don't think endorsements matter anyway. But what it does do is people like us are now talking about it. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Ron DeSantis again. We're talking about the endorsement. We're talking about why someone like Thomas Massey matters. I don't think there's a flood of donors or dollars or whatever that come in because of Thomas Massey. But it does create another opportunity for someone like Ron DeSantis to get millions of dollars in free earned media because it gives talk shows, talk stations, et cetera, columnists, things to write write and talk about. Okay, Thomas Massey from Kentucky. Now, what if he were in Arizona, Wisconsin, or even Georgia? Because these are going to be important states come election time. Does yeah, that matter? Well, so there's two games here, right? There's the game of can you win a general election? And then there's the game of 
can you win a primary? And it's two totally different paths to doing that. It's two totally different animals. And so I, the primary is Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's a three. It's a three game. It's like a, the best of three series in the playoffs. You gotta. Whoever comes out of there, if somebody comes out of there with a resounding lead and delegates or momentum, then you say, okay, that's the front runner. If it's a push, well, then it's a ball game, game on for Super Tuesday. I don't think Thomas Massey helps you in Iowa. I don't think he helps you in New Hampshire. I don't think he helps you in North South Carolina. I don't think endorsements matter that much anymore. I think if a major player, like let's say Trump came out tomorrow for some reason, why he would do this, I don't know, but came out and said, I have decided I'm not running for president and I endorse fill in the blank. Okay, that's a legion of people, right? Mm-hmm. But does some U.S. rep out of Kentucky who rob kendall fanboys for <laughs> uh, i don't know how much that moves the needle it is 955 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc you know what does move the needle is money and we now have a new richest person in the world bernard arnott well that rolls right off the tongue yeah it does uh okay so his net worth is now over 200 billion dollars for the first time 2.4 billion (laughs) dollars he now joins elon musk and jeff bezos as the only individuals to have ever made more than 200 billion dollars can you imagine being worth a single billion dollars much less 200 billion dollars more than 100 dollars kendall uh okay so this guy louis vuitton christian dior tiffany and company he owns them yeah he's got these luxury brands and <laughs> no i can't imagine being worth that much money that's a lifestyle that normal people like us can't even fathom yeah, it, it, you make a great point we are not even living the same existence we are humans we are on this earth we mm-hmm. are taking oxygen so from that same way we are the same but there's nothing about our life that is the same right when do you think what's his name bernard bernard arnault bernard arnault 74 years old when do you think the last time bernard arnault went to the store and bought a gallon of milk yeah whipped out his wallet (laughs) in any shape form or fashion right when do you think is the last time bernard people do that for him drove a car yeah uh you know Anything. I mean, it, on one hand, you think, oh, what a glorious existence. But then on the other hand, do you really have the normal human existence? You're always questioning people's motives towards you. Sure. Like, you just want to hang out with me because of my money. Yeah, absolutely. So his net worth climbed $39 billion this year because of the high-end products uh, update, that he sells. Update before we go to break. I know we've got to go do a break. Yeah. If you want some very important information. Yes. Through four holes, Adrian Murnock. Winning the Masters. <laughs> 350 to 1, Casey! Don't be coming to me for my money! I love how you give us play by play. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning.